Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in. It's PHNX Cardinals live on a Tuesday. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Bull Brock. This is your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. Check us out. GoPHNX.com. Become a diehard. Pick up a free hat and or merch. Piece of merch. Every time you're at GoPHNX.com. Every year you're a diehard. We're going to be joined in just a few minutes, Bull Brock, by Brian Baldinger. A lot to question about the Cardinals offense, in particular ahead of Sunday's matchup against the L.A. Rams. Yeah, we got to talk to and get some clarity on some hot topics for offensive coordinator Drew Petzing, and he answered them to the best of his capabilities without giving us too much insight into the Cardinals and how they they work and operate and want to move forward as far as an offense goes. But we got an answer from Drew as far as, you know, why not so much Kyler Murray under center, more so in the shotgun his first two games. Also got some clarity on, you know, the evaluation of the outside corners from defensive coordinator Nick Rollis. So we'll get into those. We have video from the press conferences today, but really, really interested to hear Baldy's thoughts on game two of Kyler Murray of the 2023 season and what he saw, what he didn't see from the Cardinals franchise quarterback. Yeah, uh, Cardinals are going to have to make a couple roster moves, you would assume, Bo Brock, now with Lecky Fotu and Kazir White. You broke that news on Twitter. Going to injured reserve, you know, I think Kazir White definitely done for the season. Maybe there's a scenario in which Lecky Fotu could come back for the last game or two. Of course, have to miss four games on injured reserve. You know, let's bring this up because I know a lot of folks have brought it up on Twitter. Shaq mm-hmm. Leonard, the same day Kazir White goes on injured reserve, he is made available via a cut, an outright cut from Indianapolis. This is a longtime stalwart of that Colts defense. And as you pointed out on Twitter, Mm -hmm. had been with Jonathan Gannon for three seasons. So initially I would be like, nah, they're not going to do this. It's going to be Chris Barnes and you guys are going to like Chris Barnes. But then (laughs) you you forget Gannon was with him. Do you think they make a call to Osford and say, you know what, bring him over here? Or will they be scared off by the financial commitment? Yeah, and that plays into it, right? The latter, the financial commitment. And when you look at, uh, I, I think, you know, Monty Osford, their front office are a no st- stones unturned type front office, right? They're going to at least examine each and every situation. Uh, you know, they've been active the last two weeks. They signed Naquan Jones from the Tennessee Titans after he got waived. He's on their practice squad now. And with the Lecky Foto injury, he could be somebody that finds his way onto the active roster. And then Michael Carter, they added last week, you know, supplementing their running back room. And now we're looking at, you know, an injury to your top linebacker and Kazir White. Would you be willing to sign Shaq Leonard? to get you through the remainder of the season. Now, he's a, he would be a minor upgrade, I think, to their current linebacking core without Kazir White, right? I don't think you even maybe entertain this if Kazir White is at full strength. Yeah. Uh, but now they have to decide the risk-reward on this. Like, do you cut into your cap rollover 
from the 2023 season to 2024, um, you know, for a guy that like can help you now, but you're two and nine, you know, what do you want to do? Cause it's, it's like, do you want to spend $6.1 million now? That's what you would get if you claimed him off of waivers. And that's really the only realistic way that the Arizona Cardinals get into conversations for Shaq Leonard, or do you want that $6.1 million to roll over and be at your disposal this off season? So I think that, that, I don't, it's not like a coin flip. I think that they'll look at it, but I think at the end of the day, they'll probably move forward with the status quo at the linebacking position. Yeah, I'm with you. I think if there was a scenario in which, and you hate to say this because you want guys to be paid and compensated. Like I saw he was giving out turkeys uh, for free in Indianapolis. They like kept up with his, you know, commitments in Indy, just like an elite human being. Like he's the kind of person that they would want in this locker room. Absolutely. But I think the financial implications, that's not a position they want to spend a lot of money on. Like they they showed you like the Kazir White contract is pretty modest. And we love Kazir White. It was like two years, what, like six million, eight million, something like that. Like they don't want to commit solid to high level money to that position at twofold for two veterans. I, I just don't think they have any interest in that. Like if you could get him to come over after waivers to sign with you yeah absolutely have like a, a, a six game tryout with this team but i also think like his statistics just aren't very good like if he was a good mm-hmm. player still like he would still be in indianapolis like he has no sacks he has no interceptions he has not been a factor at least to you know a box score analyst like myself to say like oh yeah bring him in like Chris Barnes had a second half in which he had an interception in marginal playing time this year. That's more than Shaq Leonard's had all season for a team that has been in shootouts, has been in the lead. So I don't want to use this first segment here to kind of poo-poo the idea he's not a good player, but like it's like we talk about everything at the end of the day. Do you want him on your team, yes or no? Yeah, you take him on your team. What's it going to cost you, right? Like Mm -hmm. we want Matthew Brown on this team in 2024. What's it going to cost them? We have to ask that for every situation. I also think like we did this yesterday on our, our mock draft segment. I encourage everybody to check it out in our, our third segment yesterday. Like I think they're going to take another inside linebacker like in the middle to late rounds next year to go with Kazir White. And I think that they they signed, you know, Chris Barnes for this very reason, be some depth. And Chris Barnes for six games is not the worst thing in the world. If you needed it for 10 games, 15 games, it's probably a problem, right? But I think Chris Barnes is really comparable to probably what Shaq Leonard gives you right now. You mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Like the drop-off is not as significant enough. This isn't Colt McCoy to Joshua Dobbs. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. They're very comparable players at this point. But Shaq Leonard's a name. It gets people excited. It's a, like, yeah. I think there's a possibility. Maybe maybe they dip their toe in this offseason. If he's a free agent again, they bring him in on a cheaper deal. But it, it just we're almost to the finish line here with six games left. The defense is playing really well despite Kazir White injury in the second or in the first half of last week's game, I, I think they pass, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, it, the only, I guess, scenario I can see them, like, I, I think it's probably unlikely they make a claim. Right. And, and that's the biggest yeah. weapon they have in, in securing a player like this, because I think once the playing field evens, right. Once he gets past waivers and he's available to all the other 31 teams, or now 30, the Colts aren't going to get back in that business. You know, I think that, you know, he's going to be looking to sign with a contending team, right? He's not going to be going to a two and nine situation, no matter what his relationship is with, with Jonathan Gannon. And, you know, if, if he sneaks through, if he gets through waivers 
and then he is he's available and in, in no contenders sniffing around. They they didn't see anything that they liked from his play this year. Then maybe just like Jones, like you don't sneak him on practice squad, but maybe you sign him that way, and, and you, re, right. you you don't have to rework a deal or anything. You're just signing a new deal to Shaq Leonard at this point in the season to get an opportunity to play right away and potentially you know continue his career at the NFL level. Yeah, there's just too much money committed to a player that's older. Like older players making big money. That was a Steve Kime thing. That is not yeah. a Monty Austin Ford thing. Like they'll sign veterans. They like veteran players. They're not going to sign them to big money deals. Like they want, you know, to give sizable raises and extensions to the guys they draft and develop. Like they want to pay Paris Johnson Jr. big money one day. They want to pay Michael Wilson, BJ Ojolari. But I do think, like, they also have to go into free agent. Like, I don't think any of us look at inside linebacker as, like, a problem. Like, right right now, today it might be. But, like, mm-hmm. assuming Kazir White bounces back, like that's not a position you're going to go into next March and say, oh, yeah, they got to spend tens of millions of dollars on it. No, they have $80 million, and they have clearly defined needs. We're, we're 10, 11 games into this bad boy. They don't have a number one corner. They may not have a number two corner. They need defensive line help. They need a five technique. They need a left guard. Like we know, everybody knows these are the talent deficiencies. These are the holes on this roster. It's not changing. So I to muddy it up right now for a team that, by the way, is going to hopefully pay Kyler Murray his full salary in the offseason. Like you have to be very specific and have a tactical reason why you would bring him in at that price. And it just, it just doesn't make sense for where they're right. at. I mean, you had TJ Edwards this past offseason. I think he was the highest paid off ball linebacker that was signed. He was, he was actually, he played with Kazir White in Philadelphia. He was a product of the development of Jonathan Gannon. He signs this lucrative deal in Chicago. What's it done for their defense? I mean, nothing. nothing. Like the impact has been nil as far as what they're, what they're dealing with. I think they're giving up like close to the bottom or the top most points in the league, right? Like 29. We've seen that coming. Literally everyone. <laughs> Literally. We sat on the show and it's just like the, the Bears took the money that they had and then just spent it to spend it. And the Cardinals mm-hmm. aren't going to do that. Right. Right. They're not. And like they've held out this long, right? They, they, they've had the opportunities. You know, we've examined the quarterback position. We've examined the running back position, like where they could have gone out there and they could have thrown some cash, some salary cap dollars at a Kareem hunt and been ahead of the the pack as far as, you know, money making versus you know, opportunities elsewhere. And they could have won that. I think just by outbidding some teams and, you know, money us for tighten up the purse strings. He's like, look, this is the roster we have and we'll tweak it and stuff. And I'm going to go, go to use, utilize my expertise as far as finding diamonds in the rough and matching them to scheme and all that. But at the end of the day, 2023 is not the year of the Cardinal. 2024 offseason. Now that's going to be the offseason, the Cardinal. And they want that, uh, they want to be armed with as much cap space, I'm sure, as they possibly could be. And also with the draft capital that they, that they want. Well, and like Monty Ford is not the GM that's going to spend on this position. That was the old GM. Like, yeah. I, I think a lot of people have made the argument historically. There are two positions that you can really find diamond in the rough, easily translatable positions from the collegiate level to the professional level, running back, inside linebacker. Yet Steve Kime 
year after year would take these off-ball linebackers higher and higher in the draft. And then you've got other teams finding like the Fred Warners of the world, like in the middle to late rounds. Like it's possible. It's po- like Kazir White was a converted safety. As you mentioned, TJ Edwards was undrafted. It's not a position you have to go and throw the bank at. It's a position that you can be very tactical in what you hope to accomplish. Maybe Owen Pampo develops. If he doesn't, take another crack mm-hmm. at it. Take a third, fourth, fifth round inside mm-hmm. linebacker that can project to be a, a starter, right? You d- you don't need to go crazy in the free agent market. You don't need to go crazy in the early rounds. Like, look at think about how drastically different this team would be right now if you didn't take Isaiah Simmons and you took a marquee right tackle. You have Paris Johnson Jr. and Tristan Wirfs. Mm-hmm. What about? Oh, we're all asking them what are they mm-hmm. going to do with Hollywood Brown? Well, they don't probably trade for Hollywood Brown if they took CeeDee Lamb instead of Isaiah Simmons. And maybe then they take Tyler Lindenbaum as a result. There's such a trickle-down effect in a negative way for all of Steve Kimes' moves. Like I posted it on Twitter yesterday. Like I'm watching Chris Jones have two sacks in the same possession for Kansas City. It's just like they took Robert Kandichi over, over Chris Jones. Ten picks later, they Chris Jones went to Kansas City. So this is, this is what this franchise has become. They've become a team that can identify talent, that can draft the marquee positions that are not going to take bad character guys or questionable character guys. That's why Jalen Carter wasn't drafted here. I mean, like it's, it's easy to get tempted, right? We were tempted to trade deadline. We were surely frustrated last off season when they weren't doing anything, but it's like, they've, they've been on this crash diet and they've stuck to their diet for the better part of nine months, and they're trying to see it through to the finish line, they're not just going to go splurge on a bunch of Wendy's tomorrow, right? They're going to they're gonna go mm-hmm. out for a you know, five-star dinner come March, free agency right. to draft because they've earned it, because they've built up this new way, these new these new habits that they do, they go about doing to, to build this team. The old way is, is over, for better or worse. Like, it was fun when Steve Kime would make trades at the beginning because some of them did hit. And you would claim veteran players. And remember, you you would always get excited because the Cardinals were in the news. They weren't in the yeah. news for winning, but they were in the news for other other reasons, right? So we're going to get back to the to the former and get back to the winning. I think Austin Ford has a pretty good idea of what that looks like. Yeah. And a side, side note is bring up Chris Jones. Like, has anybody benefited more from accidentally exposing themselves during the job interview process? Like Chris Jones, when he tripped and fell down and his, he exposed himself. It was out while he was combine. running, I'm pretty sure. It was out huh? while he was running the 40. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's why the Cardinals didn't draft. Makes his way to the bottom of the draft board, goes to Kansas City, and now you know he's got a big old contract, and of course some Lombardi trophies uh, to add to his resume. I think he's going to be a a borderline. It drops him. You know, apparently it wasn't. It wasn't as big enough. It was less of a red flag than you know what, or more of a red flag than Robert Kimdichi. And his uh, falling out of a hotel window, <laughs> allegedly smoking synthetic marijuana, because that's what happened to him to drop his draft stock. And then you find out he doesn't love football. And there he's much. You see Chris Jones loves the game. Kim DJ. How about, how about Hassan doesn't. Reddick last night? Just kicking Travis Kelsey's ass on the, on the offensive line, forcing holding penalties. Just like the Cardinals had their fingerprints all over. It was like the most watched Monday night football game of like the last 20 years it had like 28 million views yeah viewers mm-hmm. that came out this afternoon and i'm watching that game and i'm like cardinals could have had all these guys there are so many there are so many facets of that game last night from travis kelsey to chris jones 
to the fact they got jumped for Patrick Mahomes, according to Bruce Arians. I mean, it's it's they have Kyler Murray Heisman runner from Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts. You know, did he win the Heisman from Oklahoma? I mean, just to me, it's it's just bizarro Cardinals last night on TV, and it was really depressing when watching Hassan Reddick and Chris Jones back to back. We need that in our life. How about this? Two dollars super chat, little KZ. Do you think Kyler will be traded? I, I don't think Kyler Murray will be traded, Bo. I think Kyler Murray is going to be an Arizona Cardinal this year and beyond, barring something unforeseen. He's going to be, yeah. It, it, it would take a lot to unseat Kyler Murray as the Arizona Cardinals franchise quarterback. There's there's clearly uh, a, a relationship that's been budding, and, and I think that's growing and, and strengthening throughout this process. And I think Kyler Murray does a lot. When you talk about what you witnessed last night, he does a lot of what Jalen Hurts does, which Jonathan Gannon likes in turn, that he feels like Kyler Murray provides for his his football team. Now, I, I think the one difference is is the physicality from from Jalen Hurts, and that's what I noticed was a big difference last night. Yeah, and, and they can just deploy him basically as a running back sometimes to 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 churn clock. Maybe Kyler turns more into that once he gets healthier and healthier, more you know acclimated to the system. But because of the size, there's a big difference there. Um, but I think the conflict that he creates, the the mobility, uh, the the arm talent, like. And now he's seeing it as far as I don't know if I guess from a leadership standpoint, and and then also just he he said that his accountability yesterday bleeds onto the entire team. I mean, th- those are things that I don't think Jonathan Gannon's just going to say because he has a microphone in his face and he's trying to gas up the quarterback to move off of it. You know, there there are things that he holds close to the vest, and sometimes will just outright you know use smoke screens to hide. Uh, I don't think this is one of them. I think it's genuine and authentic. I, I texted that clip today to somebody close with this organization that knows Jonathan Gannon well, and like their their lockstep and everything. Like, could Monty Austin Ford fall in love with a draft prospect in, in the next six months? And could the Cardinals be in a position to take a quarterback? It's possible, but I think he'd have to get through Jonathan Gannon first. And Kyler Murray would really, really have to hurt themselves over over the next six weeks. I just don't think I don't see that happening. Like I think we've gotten certainly enough flashes of brilliance from Kyler Murray. I mean, how they opened the game last week. I thought they mm-hmm. were going to win that game, thir- you know, thirty to seventeen, thirty to ten. <laughs> and it just it fell off, right? And they got to get back to the drawing board this week, and and we're going to talk about that. And they they are under some pressure to perform because I think this Rams team is is pretty shitty. But I also think Kyler Murray to me deserves. And I emphasize deserves an offseason in this offense, healthy, ready to rock and roll, Bo. Absolutely. And and I'm excited to kind of see what that looks like. I, I mean, week three is exciting in itself. Like this entire, like, I don't know if experiment is a poor choice of words, but just seeing how it plays out the rest of the year, it has you intrigued in a two and nine team. Like we're, for the most part, fan bases, people will be checked out. And it's not, that's not the case here. People uh, were living and dying with every play. It felt like on Sunday and when it swayed in the, in the wrong direction, people were frustrated and upset and they wanted to see what they know is the potential of this quarterback. And and they know that they've seen it on display in this offense and to see them fall short, whether it was schematically, whether it was play calling, whether it was just execution uh, on the quarterback's behalf, you know, there, there was frustration and, and people wanted to see better, better play.
I love this comment here, or this this uh, handle to this comment, fire gut driving that damn bus. Mm-hmm. That's great. Bo and Johnny, what do you think about the way the ball was coming out of K1's hand on some of those throws? I think Kyler Murray's thrown a beautiful ball his entire life. Every time I've watched him play football, I'm going to give him, Bo, the benefit of the doubt that he's working through some things, not physically, but just like the rest factor because he's coming off major injury and he – said as much didn't set his feet has to get back to i mean he's probably thrown a football consistently before this injury you know every week every day of his life for like 20 plus years so i think it's it's like anything else you pick up a tennis racket you pick up a golf club again you, you just you have to get reps and i think that that's that's as simple as as i think we can put it is he just needs more time to get reacclimated yeah, the uh the Trey the Trey McBride throw is is one of the one of the most uncharacteristic Kyler Murray throws I've seen. Yeah. Our producer Damon is it, it's it's it hurts him to his core because he was on Trey McBride over on yards that day and that would have put him right in the driver's seat to cash. Um but it uh it, it just and I slowed it down. I'm like, did that ball hit Froholt? And I looked at it from three angles and I slowed it mm-hmm. down, sped it up. And it looks like it it sneaks by Fro, and I'll even ultimately ask him this week when when we are available to the locker room. But it's it was just it was so strange to just see that ball come out, and he said he had bad feet, and it's what Drew Petzing calls dirty feet. And sometimes, most of the time, Kyler Murray gets away with it just because he's such a talented thrower of the football. It just that was just one of the the balls where he looked very mortal tossing the football, where most of the time he's he's got one of the prettiest balls in the NFL. Uh, Baharo three petsing isn't bad. He just doesn't appear to be on the next level as an OC like Ben Johnson and the Texans OC. Hmm. It sucks that Tua, who looked terrible, got Mike McDaniel and Kyler had Cliff. I think, listen, Kyler's career has probably changed dramatically with a different coach those first four or five years. But I'm not somebody who subscribes to the mindset that you can't win in today's NFL without an offensive head coach. Like, there's nothing that can say, and I don't have a deep dive on Ben Johnson that, I mean, Drew Petzing can't turn into the next Ben Johnson. I wasn't Ben Johnson with that team the year they started like 0 and 11 or 1 and 11 and 1. Like some yeah. of this takes time. And I, I'm guilty of this too, Bo, as I rant about Drew mm-hmm. Petzing yesterday and the pressure that they're on this weekend, that these guys are all first time coordinators and coaches. Like mm-hmm. it was the youngest staff <clears throat> and the most inexperienced staff in the NFL of like, it's like if you went out to like Harvard and Yale and got like first year employees in the workforce, you're excited about their potential. They just have no experience yet. You have to gain that mm-hmm. experience. And so I think I've certainly seen enough from Nick Rouse to know he's a killer. And I, yeah. I, I made my piece yesterday with how I feel about Jonathan Gannon in this team. I think he's sensational. Drew Petzing to me, it's a little bit of an incomplete because of the fact that, you know, Dobbs is playing well in Minnesota. The offense has fallen off a little bit. They're they're almost dead last in passing. Now you have Kyler Murray for six more games. Like go out and score some points. Let's see. Yeah. This would be dynamic. There were two times, too many times last weekend against Houston. I know you felt this too as we were watching it at Bet MGM. We were like, just dial something up. It's third and five. What do you? What's right. in your playbook? To, and it just it it feels very difficult right now for them to manufacture an intermediate passing game. And maybe Bo. I'm being unfair because no Michael Wilson, this receiving core might not be what he signed up for, and it needs an offseason of retooling. It might just be that. They might think that behind closed doors. I don't have that source or anything, mm-hmm. but I, I do think like 
Pets seem to me like I need to see 25 points per game, these average over these next six games. I don't think that's too much to ask. Yeah, at least. Yeah, that's not asking too much. And you you are right. Like if you look at Ben Johnson, he was been he's been in that organization in some shape or form. He was a tight ends coach before that. Yeah. So he had familiarity, you know, he had a relationship with the quarterback. This is two games into it. Yeah. This is two games into Petsing and Kyler Murray working together. It's not even close to what they're going to be op- the, like the the level and the system that they're going to be operating with and at you know, come this time next season. Like if, if it looks the same at this point next season, then, then yeah, the, look, I mean, we, we'll have established that there's an issue there, but yeah. I'm not prepared to say that right now. And then like you look at, you know, McDaniel and Tua, was that the other example that, that, yeah. was, that was put out there? You know, Tua had a pretty pedestrian opener in his first game for Mike McDaniel. Right. And then he had this unbelievable second game where the Dolphins were chasing points against the Ravens, where it was kind of a coming out party. And then the rest was kind of history outside of, you know, jumping around with with to his health, uh, you know, with the concussions and all that stuff. And the training staff will tell you it's his back. It's not his back. But like what what Tua has been able to do is he gets more and more comfortable with what what McDaniel's doing offensively and schematically, where that's a relationship that's being built. And we'll get into like why Petsing his the reluctance to put him under center. We'll get into that in just a bit, uh, and also get into some of the the issues with Hollywood Brown. May not have ball lead today, but you got these two schlubs, and we're going to be yeah. out. We're this hunting weekend. them down. We're trying to figure out where our guy is. Yeah, he's busy. I saw him on NFL Network earlier today. Uh, Gila River Resorts and Casinos. You're going to see me, Britton. And the entire PHNX crew, minus uh, my guy, Bill Brock, he's going to be at the stadium. Come hang out with us on Sunday. Gila River Resorts and Casinos Wild Horse Pass. Watch along for the Arizona Cardinals hosting the L.A. Rams. It's going to be a banner time, of course. Gila River Resorts and Casinos, Arizona's biggest and best resorts and casinos with locations at Wild Horse Pass. They've got Santan Mountain. They've got Dining fine dining, pools, and so much more. They've got monthly drawings. The one coming up on December 3rd, Hello Cardinal Game Tickets, memorabilia, free play prop cards for select games, and more. Went up to $100,000 in cash. You do have to be 21 and over. Visit GilaMillionDollarShowdown.com to get in on the action. For more information on Gila River Resorts and Casinos and all they have to offer, head to PlayGila.com. Got some tough news for the Cardinals that we'll get into in just a bit, but good news for those who are trying to watch your sons in action tonight. Take on uh, the Trailblazers, Domin Ayton, or uh, just DeAndre Ayton coming back, facing his former team, wearing the Blazers uniform. You can find that game one place, Arizona Family Sports. Uh, to find out where it's on in your part of Arizona or even New Mexico, visit azfamily.com and click Suns Games uh, where you can find out where your broadcast is listing information in your area. AZ Family, great resource to help find Phoenix Suns Games on Arizona Family Sports. What's the tough news? Tell me the tough Do I not know well, The tough news, news was that the Rams is outright released or waived Jonathan Henderson and it means Kyrene Williams who went for 150 in the second half basically against the Arizona Cardinals is going to be back in the lineup for Sean McVay and crew is Cooper Cup playing that's what I care about like Uh, 
Damon Dog, who is in the mix for our, he's in Waffle Watch right now. He's on his fantasy team, so he's 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 a uh, he's monitoring it. What's the update on Cooper Cup? Low ankle sprain. Uh, practice designation this week is going to determine whether uh, he plays or not on Sunday. I it, I think it hurts us that he that they won last weekend. So like maybe in some bizarre world thinking four and six they're still alive because it feels like if they had lost in the three and seven like mm-hmm. maybe they just shut him down um or do you think that they say like because we've seen this i think already this season where teams have holstered injured players and the thoughts that hey we can get past the cardinals uh without him we'll just get that dub he doesn't play and then get this him back that lost to the packers and, and was on the verge of losing four straight on sunday right and they, they they played this team i mean the cardinals obviously they, they won or they lost the lopsided affair against this team already what was it 26 9 um i think the rams are well aware that it's it's not just show up and, and here's your here's your win but i i do they do probably I'm, I'm sure the cardinals are overlooked quite a bit um regardless of who's that quarterback so I I think that that plays into it. If if you're looking at Cooper Cup, who's been banged up, and and you know he, he dealt with a hamstring issue earlier, and and now he's dealing with a low ankle sprain, it's it's probably something. That if you realistically want to be in the stretch run, um, kick that guy out of the chat. Uh, <laughs> the prodigal son is back in our chat. Shane Diefenbach. Um, uh, he says he's got something for us. Do you have a win oh. on Sunday? I'd like that. <laughs> Is it, is it like a threat? He's like, I got something for you. Look at that dirty stash in that avatar icon. <laughs> I've missed seeing that. Yeah. Shane Diefenbach uh, on, you know, a little bit of a sabbatical, doing big things uh, with, with other yes, he's people. Out, he's traveling the world. He's with and, two, he was with Tua last week. Uh, and, uh, yeah, can you get Tua on our show? Any big wigs that want to come our show? Not you, Shane, but somebody else. Oh, the Eagles landed. I guess he's in he's in the Valley of the Sun. Maybe uh, he's going to join his family for some Thanksgiving. Some- Gila River this weekend if you're if you're man enough. Shane. Yeah. <laughs> if he's a real one, he will. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's get into some of these press conference clips. Uh, so, yeah. Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Venerable, Johnny Venny, my, my name. <laughs> This, this show is off the rails already. Yeah, it is. <laughs> as soon as Baldy, no called, no show. We got to figure out where Baldy is. Uh, it, so Johnny was up in arms yesterday as far as the lack of under center from Kyler yeah. Murray. It's just it's it's ruining his life. I believe you you almost called off your own Thanksgiving on Thursday, unless true. In, in kind of a hunger strike to Drew Petzing and the Cardinals, unless they put Kyler Murray in your center. I asked Petzing today. Thank about you. Thank the you. lack of under center play from their quarterback. Damon, this is uh, what Petzing had to say. It's a game-to-game thing in a lot of ways, and I know we say that a lot. Uh, certainly, he does a lot of things really well in the gun. I think it also creates a lot of indecision in the run game for the for the second and third level on the defense because he is a threat with the ball in his hand. I think you see that. And when you put him under center, you lose a little bit of that. But what you gain may be in other areas. you know. So you saw him under center on some screens, a keeper, you know, the run game, little things like that. So it's it's a balance. And it's to me, it's whatever we feel like makes it hard on the defense. It really, I mean, he did a really nice job when he's been under center. So I have no hesitations about that. No hesitations as far as putting him under center. So there's no, according to Drew Petzing, if you take him at face value, they're not doing it because he's uncomfortable. Him or Kyler Murray getting under center. He said that, you know, Petzing pretty much saying that Kyler Murray, he prefers maybe for some run looks for the quarterback 
it, it works out better. But then also acknowledge that as far as the overall run game, especially with James Conner, you, you put that conflict on the defense when you, when you jump under center. I like Drew Petzing. I don't like liars. And I, you know, what did he just say? It's a balance. It's not a balance. There's nothing, there was nothing balanced about it on Sunday. It wasn't balanced two weeks ago. You're running a completely different offense since Kyler Murray came back. And I think it's much more susceptible to him taking shots. Go back and look at Russell Wilson now with the Broncos and then circa the Seattle Seahawks when they were in their heyday. Where was he at? He was under center. Like they wanted to run the football. That was a deep play action team. I just, I like Drew Petzing. That's a, that's not a great answer in my opinion. Like let's, we always ask for transparency, like be transparent and say like, we're working through it. Didn't have an off season. We're figuring it out. If you have a hundred percent confidence, then he'd be running the offense that that you installed for the first eight weeks, 10 weeks of the season. You're not running that offense. You're running a, a shotgun offense because everybody, including myself, feel like they think that he's more comfortable in this. So you're just going to lean on this until when? The end of the season to implement in the offseason? Say that. But I, it's not a balance, Drew. When you're under under center for six, six plays and now you've put him in shotgun, he's getting teed off for like seven QB hits. That's not as susceptible for this team going forward like when you have deficiencies on your offensive line and especially at wide receiver the best way to make up for that is running the football consistently going north and south with the threat of play action you don't have any of that with whatever the hell that was against the houston texans their 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 defensive line is fine you made will anderson jr look like nick bosa yesterday so or last weekend so uh, again hopefully now they look at the tape and say, we can't do this again for four quarters. Certainly against Aaron fucking Donald, we're going to change it because you can you can run block Aaron Donald. You can get after Aaron Donald. What you can't do is put Kyler Murray in shotgun for 90% of the plays this weekend and let Aaron Donald go to town on the left guard of the Arizona Cardinals or Yale to Froholt. That would be a massive mistake. And I, I will be furious if I watch this team on Sunday and he's, he's just like a target back there getting thrown around. I don't want to see that. I, I just love it that it ticks you off as much as it does. Well, come but, on, it's not a balance, though. Can we admit that it's not a balance? What do you talk? What what is that? Well, mean? it's never going to be a true means? balance. Like it's going to be primarily shotgun. I mean, well, but that's different than what we were told the entire offseason. He said that they're going to run concepts from Cleveland, San Francisco, and Philly. And and as far as Philly and San Francisco, they still run a ton of plays out of the shotgun. And that that's the modern day NFL offense. I mean, it, it just that. is like, There's, you're not going to get Kirk Herbstreet back under center in the old big 10, you know, you know, offensive style play calling. Like you just, those, those days are done. Like getting a, a, a signal caller under center that much, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to be close I, to 50. It's, it's going to be probably hopefully a, a happier balance. And I know that's a trigger word for it balance, but like it's, you would say where Joshua Dobbs was about 60 to 65% shotgun. The rest is, is under center. I feel like it was closer to 50, 50, but I mean, like I think 70, 30 would be welcome, especially in like early downs when this team is first and 10 on their own five or first and 10 on their own seven. And they're in the shotgun. I mean, it's like, what are we doing here? Especially like in, it is such a, an indictment on Drew Petzing. When you're in the red zone and you can't line up under center and run the football, and you and you have to have your your five nine and a half five ten quarterback susceptible to shots, 
time after time, third down, fourth down. And he basically, like Kyler Murray's touchdown run, that's Kyler Murray. That's not Drew Petsing. Like, scheme up some shit, man. Like, what were we excited about with Drew Petsing in this offense earlier in the year and coming into the season? Schematically, there were going to be opportunities for Kyler Murray to hit open receivers. There were going to be Mm -hmm. opportunities for people to be schemed open. Like, I know he missed the train McBride notwithstanding, but, like, where is that? That's not available. Where's Hollywood Brown wide open? Just everything looks difficult, and that's compounded, as we've seen, with an offense that's finesse. And finesse meaning shotgun. That's a fin- it's a finesse offense right now. You're asking about Hollywood Brown. I asked Petsing about Hollywood Brown, and uh, this was his answer about the struggles the Cardinals wide receiver won. Missed opportunities, honestly. I mean, I think, you know, that you don't – in a game you get four or five opportunities to get him the ball in a big situation. Sometimes we've hit him. Sometimes we haven't. I think lately we haven't been able to hit him, which, you know, is frustrating for him. It's frustrating for us. Um, but I think the thing that's been a big positive for him is he's stayed in it. You know, he's continuing to work hard. He's continued to be a great teammate. So really encouraged by that. I mean, he's a good player. We're going to continue to try to get him the ball. Um, but I just – the way he's gone about his day in and day out, playing and play out, I think I've been really impressed by so it sounds like basically he's he's a victim of missed opportunities from Kyler Murray and the previous quarterback. And you can see that, but I think a lot of us are wondering like, okay, if this is somebody that wants to be in the 2024 off season, highly coveted and is going to get the bag, you got to be able to make yourself, you got to create more opportunities for yourself than that. I don't care what, you know, the offense is what situation they're putting you in or the quarterback, if they're missing you, like, Nine targets is telling me that there in two games is is not enough for Hollywood Brown and and I don't think like he's giving his his uh, his quarterback enough looks open looks to to merit throwing him the football and they were they've been ugly targets like mm-hmm. a lot of these throws or a lot of these attempts they're low completion low conversion rate chances like it, you know Trey McBride. You feel like 80 to 90% of the time is going to hold the, the football in. He's open. He's got a step. He's bigger than linebackers, bigger than safeties. Hollywood Brown is blanketed by corners. And it just, to your point, like AJ Terrell locked him down last week against Houston. He was a non factor. Like to me, like you can, I'll, I'll, I'll carry the water for Hollywood Brown that at times Joshua Dobbs missed him egregiously for multiple long touchdowns. Can't, don't, I'm not going to dispute that. We all saw that with our eyes. And Hollywood Brown made plays at the beginning of the year. But, like, you are at some point, you are who you are. Like, 31 yards on average per game this year, That's that's those are your statistics. You've been healthy. You've played. And then going back to his time in Baltimore, he's got one season over 1,000 yards. Like, again, like we talked about, you want Hollywood Brown on your team, but they're not paying him big-time money this offseason. Because, again, right. like, what, are you going to double down on what you already have? Are you going to pay – $20 million for 50 yards per se- No, like this team wants to trot out a bunch of trees, not an inside linebacker, Kime style at wide receiver. They want guys that are 6'1", 6'2", 6'3", to be able to help Kyler Murray, to be able to go up and be physical, get the football. Like, I don't want to say Hollywood Brown's a liability. He's not. He's, I think he's a good NFL player, and he sometimes he can be a great NFL player. But right now, it's just it's just not working. I, I think we, we're, we're objective enough on this show to say, we like a guy. It's just not maybe just not a good fit. And I we're we're quickly approaching that point with Hollywood Brown, which is unfortunate because you know Diana Rossini put that tweet out there in late October, like they're not trading him. They've fielded mm-hmm. calls. He's part of their future. And I think that 
yeah, he's part of their future, and they wanted to evaluate him with Kyler Murray, and that evaluation process is still ongoing. But, like, part of your future for what? Like, you're going to get a comp pick for him? You're going to take a one-year prove-it deal if you're Hollywood Brown? Like, I like Drew. That's a very political answer. That's a very pro-player answer. And, I, you know, but I, other receivers, Devontae Adams is putting up big numbers with who? Who's his quarterback? You know, like, if you're if you're yeah. number one receiver, I, I don't care who your quarterback is. You get yours. I watched Larry Fitzgerald for 10 years play with dog shit at the position and put up 12 to 1,300-yard receiving seasons. Right. In an NFL where you could you could beat up on opposing receivers, not not now, and you've, you've got Kyler Murray now. Let's see some numbers. Yeah, the the, the stash is far too dirty from the quarterback that uh, that Devonte Adams is having to catch passes from these Have days. Have you seen and, that headshot? Oh my god, it's bad. It's like Shane Evenbach. <laughs> it's bad. Uh, it's, it's don't don't do Shane that dirty. He's he's got some decent lettuce on his upper lip. He does. That, that is not that is that is one that's uh it's it's on you know warning posters across neighborhoods i I mean as far as you know where hollywood brown is it's like at this point in the rebuild just this juncture i'll say as far as the rebuild like it it takes a special caliber of player that's not at you know your traditional premium positions for this team to jump at at paying them premium amount of money and so far like I, I don't fault Monty Austin for, for holding on to Hollywood Brown and seeing what this looks like, because if it does turn into at worst case scenario, a comp pick, you know, what were they going to honestly going to get from the trade market for Hollywood Brown? It, like it's either going to be the same as a comp pick in return, or it's just going to be like a round or two below that. And that I think just trying to see what it would look like on grass between him and Kyler Murray was worth waiting to see that and be patient with it. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. Like, they have a bounty of draft picks. Like, we went through it yesterday. The best you were going to get, maybe, maybe they would have gotten the team to overpay him and spend a third for Hollywood Brown. Probably not. Like, probably you're looking at a fourth-round pick. I think you would rather have Hollywood Brown these next eight games, now six, as opposed to, you know, not having him, than a fourth-round pick next next offseason. And listen, I don't think that there's a 0% chance that Hollywood Brown is back. I, I do think, like, if they can come to an agreement and sit down at a table with his agent and just say, hey, Hollywood, it, it might be tough out there given your lack of statistics and do you, do you want to come back on a one-year deal? We'll give you – maybe we'll make it fully guaranteed. We'll, to where? Want, to play where? I don't – That's see, that's the tough part. To be the X? Be the X wide receiver? To play the same role that he's played this year and – so you're I mean, saying what, Michael Wilson solidified already for you as a starter next year, outside receiver, and you're just assuming that they're going to take a wide out, another outside receiver in the draft. Well, I mean, you, you could look at what's going on free agency wise. You can like, I think like most of this entire roster, it's a wait and see in the ability to pivot in any direction, whether you're going to go free agency, whether you're going to go trade, whether you're going to go draft uh, or you're going to re-sign a guy. But Things have things have to change. Like you have to like for the sake of Hollywood Brown, like he can't continue to go on like this for his own sake. Like he has to put up numbers, or what is he? What are his, what are his options really going to be this offseason? Beyond if if the Cardinals don't come with a deal, I like this comment from Donnie. There's more pressure on the coaching staff if you can't win with a star like Kyler. There's pretty good chance no star QB will help you. And that's kind of my point yesterday. It's just like, 
if you can't make it work with Kyler Murray under center, then like, what are you doing running an NFL offense? Like, figure it out. Kyler Murray can play in any offense. Like, does he have a skill set that maybe accentuates different kind of schemes and formations? Sure, but you can't go no under center. You can't go 100% shotgun. You're gonna you're asking to lose games. And I also think like Hollywood Brown. When is the last time they've hit on a deep shot like that? That needs to come back. And and I think the best way for that to come back, running the football, working off a of play action, because right mm-hmm. now lining up in the gun and making him your ex receiver and ask him to beat like press man coverage. You're just we're not having success with that for whatever reason. That's not available. Whereas like Michael Wilson, I think this weekend, Trey McBride in the intermediate passing game, those guys can get open faster underneath. But to set up the shots to Hollywood Brown takes to your point on Sunday's post game show. It just takes a lot to go right for him right now to get the football downfield. There are too many extenuating circumstances. Yeah. We'll see what Michael Wilson's availability is. I don't know if you have any more insight on that, but it's kind of a wait and see. So Gannon was asked about it on Monday and he said that with, did he re aggravate his shoulder? And he said a little bit, but it's kind of a new injury. Uh, so he's got a different shoulder injury, uh, but obviously he wasn't part of the moves today. The moves that where we saw, you know, Kazir White officially go on IR and Lucky Foto officially go on IR, and then they made a couple practice or you know roster additions. But uh, you know, we'll see. Probably Naquan Jones potentially get elevated or signed to the active roster. Ben Stilley was already signed to the active roster, who's a defensive lineman. Um, and then we'll see if they look outside the organization for for any moves, but. Um, as far as his ailing offense, I mean that's that's what we got today, kind of from from Petsing on on the performance on Sunday, and like I'll continue to pound this this table throughout this holiday week, uh, and you can you know that uh, I'll try to interrupt any kind of political conversation at the dinner table on Thursday with that this needs to be a rebound game for Kyler Murray and Drew Petsing on Sunday. Yeah, enough with the state of the economy, everybody. Did you see <laughs> the play calling in the fourth quarter by Drew Petsing? Uh, one of these two units has a $52 million quarterback. The other is built on about 10 bucks, and the other got a shutout in the second half. Yeah. 15, 16 points is not going to win you an NFL game, Drew. If I'm Jonathan Gannon, I'd say, Drew Petsing, hey, hey, Drew, we need you to score over 20 points with Kyler Murray. And if you can't do that, then we got a big fucking problem. Then we need to analyze. What's the problem here? I Our defense can't play any better than it did in the second half. Help us. Help us help you, Drew Petzing. We're going to be helped by Lil KZ at $2 prediction if we have a good offseason. I think that kind of leads into our next bite here. I think a good prediction for this offseason, sign a cornerback. Maybe sign two cornerbacks because the state of the cornerback room outside of Garrett Williams, it's not great. It's a little poopy, Bo. Yeah, <laughs> and and no no disrespect to the Cardinals defensive coordinator Nick Rollis, but when I asked him, you know, to give me his evaluation on Marco Wilson and the outside corners of of this team, this was his answer. And if if you didn't like, if you weren't satisfied with Drew Petzing's answers on the offense, I don't think you'll be satisfied with what Drew, uh, Nick has to say here. Every position, there's some really good things in the game, and then there's things that we need to improve on. And uh, no matter what. That's that's our mentality week to week. So, um, you know, there's there's things that we need to get better at, and maybe even you'd say get more consistent at. Because I see some really good things happen, and then the same whether it's the same coverage or the same techniques versus very similar routes, 
we didn't maybe have success with it. So, you know, building that consistency throughout each position group, um, whether it's in the run or the pass game, is, is important that we establish that going forward. Something's going to give with Marco Wilson. Uh, whether it's in that press room, like it's it things have festered far too long as far as the the CB one just by position to for for the Cardinals to kind of kick the can down the road like yeah you know like it's a tough position and you're looking for consistent play and he likes some plays back. Uh, who's AZ Sports Fiend on Twitter at Sports Fiend put this out today? Came across my timeline. Marco Wilson's given up the most passing yards in the NFL, over 120 more than the next closest defender. That's seems just bad. That's not being bad compe- it's not competitive. And it seemed like every time CJ Stroud last game, even in the shutout of the second half, needed to dial up a big play on third down, they looked 20s way. And I think it's just it's it's become it's tiresome for the fan base and to to kind of say like that's your best option when you know it, it's it's the worst in the league like you can't just try something to just try something for that sake to, to see if maybe different player can get better results i think we got six more games of it unfortunately yeah if they haven't uh, made a move now why would they yeah. why would they make a move going forward i asked somebody, unless he mf somebody yeah the, and not not this isn't a bad thing they like him he's an he's a good guy he's a good he's a good hang He's not the locker room. That is, know, that is glass half full, uh, Donnie. Marco Wilson is our key to Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> That's uh, I think Marvin or Mar- Marco Wilson's going to be a Cardinal for six more games, and and then they'll probably move off from this offseason when they can. Jonathan Gannon can slam into the free agency room and say, "Okay, pull up the the CB big board here. Let's add some people. Let's just flush it." Right. Let's get one to two year deal with corners. Maybe maybe a robust contract if somebody comes across that they like, that they really like. But that's Jonathan Gannon's baby. That's his position. That defensive back is is his go to. Is there you know, concern they, there for you? Like that Marco is he's regressed. He's not no he's not a good, no, he's not a good no fit. Like it's all about fit. And I know coaches, you should be able to coach guys up and make it work with anybody. Garrett Williams is a good fit. They identified him. B.J. Ojolari is a good fit. They identified that. Mm-hmm. Paris Johnson Jr. Like Hollywood Brown and Marco Wilson may not may just not be good fits in what they want to do schematically. It's as simple as that. And they're not talented enough to trans to have a transfer or to overcome the, the 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 lack of scheme fit. Right? Like a great player can do that. It's like, yeah, I'm not a press man corner. I usually play zone, but I can I can come out here and compete for you. I can I can elevate. You know, they're not. They're not elite level players to do that. So I, I've seen Marco Wilson have success in this league under Vance Joseph. And I've seen Hollywood Brown have success in this league under different coordinators and different people, different DCs. So I think, I think Marco Wilson, I mean, especially with Antonio Hamilton going down, I'm, I'm shocked. He hasn't been put on IR. I think that's only a matter of time. Um, I, I, who else are they going to play? They, they put themselves in this position, no doubt. And it's frustrating, but he's, he's going to be asked to cover, Puka or Cooper Cup this weekend, and it's going to be fucking a disaster again, <laughs> right? And they got to scheme it up and try to hide him, but that's it's just kind of where we're at. Six more games of it, and then they'll go into the offseason. Like, we'll have conversations. The off, if he's not cut in the offseason or traded for a seventh rounder, then I'll be upset. I'm, I'm kind of numb to it now, though, because it's just, what are you going to do, to your point? Like, you've stuck it out this long, 
Yeah. He, he just gives you such little upside. There's no takeaways. There's no passes defended. He can't tackle well. And his separation on these wide, he's just getting cooked. I think he's, he's lost all the ball confidence. taken away from him. Right. I mean, two he's weeks lost ago, all his confidence. Yeah. I mean, he, he had a surefire pick that the offensive player looked like the defender stealing the football away. It was unbelievable what happened. It was, it was the last home game. It was, it was, it was horrible. It was just God awful. And it, it, it's not getting any better. Like he just hasn't had a performance where you say, okay, that's what you can hang your hat on. That's where you can improve on. It's just been disaster after disaster after disaster performances from a guy that is supposed to be your, your top corner. And, and yeah, Keetrell I mean, Clark was asked about today. It's like, what can Keetrell Clark do to basically get himself back out there on the playing field? And it was, you know, just needs to show it on the practice field. I think um, we'll see Keetrell Clark in 2024. Like I, I'm, we're at the point now with some of these guys. It's just we're in the home stretch here. Like it's crazy. We're in the last third of the season. The roster and the and the depth and the position groups are what they are. They're not outside of Michael Carter joining the team and maybe becoming RB two. Like they're going to lean on the young players. But Keytrail, something happened with Keytrail Clark. It's not off the field where they just said. Maybe we're doing more harm to this guy than than benefit him playing. He needs he needs more help. I think that's as simple as that. Not a bad dude. It's going to be on the team. Right. I like him. I've reached there's out no, to people. Yeah, there's no like alleged Eno Benjamin. You know, yelled at a coach. As juicy as that would be for this show. Yeah, yeah. There's no HBO films that are scrubbing that out of the <laughs> the you know the timeline here. Uh, yeah, but I would I would bet no Marco Wilson, yes to Keetro Clark on the team next year. I'd also bet with my friends at BetMGM, thanks to everybody that came out to the watch party at BetMGM Sportsbook at the Great Lawn last Sunday, and we're keeping it going, baby. Does anybody know right now? I'm going to ask you, Bo Brock, but does anybody know with BetMGM Sportsbook, the app with bonus code PHNX, what the line is for Cardinals Rams? Because it's changed a couple times, and then mm-hmm. it subsequently it got removed. Not the not the money line, but the line itself. Can anybody tell me what it is right now? I'm going to say Rams. Wow, uh, Rams one and a half. It is Rams minus one. It is damn near a pick'em. Both money lines are at minus one ten. The Cardinals are plus one. The Rams are minus one. It is their most competitive line of the season. How about that? Yeah. Pretty wild. If, if, if they're able to, you know, pull off a dub this weekend, which is possible, you know, I think that, you know, you start to look at the next week against Pittsburgh and that woeful offense. I, I mean, they're not going to be road favorites, but it'll be another tight line, I would think. Um, and, and then after the bye week, some interesting games as well uh, that, you know, could they be favored by the end of the season? I think it's certainly possible but it's going to depend on this offense kind of rediscovering itself. Could they be favorites? Could you be favorites to win money with BetMGM? I think you can be. Just use that bonus code PHNX. 10 bucks going to get you $200 instantly for new customers, regardless of your wager's outcome. We saw him in the chat. Now he's here, kind of. Check out the show notes for full details. Listen to our guy, Shane Diefenbach. 
talk about it in the disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y 467-369-NEW York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. You know, you build a big fat stack with our friends over at BetMGM and you could parlay that into some new flooring for your house, your condo, your apartment. And why not do it with our friends over at Empire today? Like I'm not talking about go out and get, you know, these get watches or a chain or anything like that. Get something that you're going to use every day. You're going to be walking on your floors and you don't want them to look like the Cardinals weight room that got an F minus on the NFLPA report card. Make sure that you've got your flooring in a good situation, especially around the holidays. Like if you're if it's gonna look like a disaster this year, don't make that same mistake next year. Find Empire today right now. They're gonna make it quick, easy, convenient for you to get your flooring set up. Shopping for floors, it's simple and it's curated product selection that they have going on in Empire today. It's not going to be like those big box stores where you got somebody that was uh, working at Panera Bread uh, last week. Sorry to steal that one from you. I don't know. It's the first thing I it jumped on me, but I, I don't think that they know anything about a lick about flooring. But Empire today, they do. Uh, they, they've got very, very educated in flooring uh, th- issues working for you. And yeah. you've got the virtual floor designers, a great way to see all the new floors and how they're going to look in your space. You can save some money right now just by being a viewer, a listener of PHNX Cardinals and PHNX Sports. You go to empiretoday.com slash PHNX and you're going to get yourself $350 off new floors at $350 off by going to empiretoday.com slash PHNX. Uh, so right now, the Arizona Cardinals pick second in the 2024 NFL draft was six weeks ago. I don't think they'll ever be in a position to, to select first again because Carolina and what they produced is an abomination. And I think the Chicago Bears are going to be picking first overall. Carolina is so bad with Frank Wright and Bryce Young, like historically bad. They said that Bryce Young is having the kind of rookie season that rivals like Zach Wilson. So you love to see that if you're a fan of Chicago. So congrats to you. So the Cardinals... Now with our updated draft standings, if we could, Damon Dog pick second overall behind the Patriots. We've got the Bears creeping with their own pick. The Cardinals game on Christmas Eve is going to have a lot to say about that. The Giants inexplicably beating the Commanders with Danny DeVito. Like they're celebrating <laughs> that win. Good, good luck when you uh, push your own pick down. And then we look later. Uh, Titans have entered the chat. Falcons are bad. Packers, you know, they're a little feisty here. And then Tampa Bay, it's crazy. These these NFC South teams are just terrible. Um, And yet they're in the top 10 in the draft, and everybody's got a shot to win that division. I'm looking at this pick right now, Bo. We did our mock draft yesterday. It's the Cardinals and a bunch of teams that need a quarterback. That's how I look at this. Like, Chicago can't take two QBs, but they're going to take one. Everybody else on this list, desperate, I would say, ranges from needs a quarterback to desperately needs a quarterback. There's nobody on this list that... If, if, you know, Drake May or Caleb Williams fell to them, or maybe even like a Michael Penix or a Bo Nix fell to them, they, they could say, yeah, we're good at the position. Nobody, nobody's good. The Cardinals have the best quarterback situation out of any of these teams. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I think that they would put themselves in a position A to get the guy on the right, Marvin Harrison Jr. You could stick and pick and grab him. Or, you know, could you 
like we were talking about last year or last draft season where you were just one pick away from a team that that was quarterback needy as well um, to trade up. Like, and Indy didn't fall for it, but you know, I think that people once when they they fall in love with these prospects, yeah. certainly will. And and you can get something of value and just fall back one spot and still get the player that that you coveted, and and that's fantastic. I think that the Cardinals are in a position right now where it's until somebody really cements themselves defensively in this class, you have to lean offense for the second consecutive year in the, in the top 10. Like there is not a generational cornerback prospect that I think is, is going to warrant a top 10 selection, at least not right now. And there's not a defensive line prospect that is Jalen Carter, Will Anderson Jr. esque where people are hammering the, the table we're talking about. And we talked about it off air three receivers potentially going top 10 right now. Like this kid at LSU has entered the chat. Keon Coleman has entered the chat for some of these teams. Plus you've got two high end offensive tackle prospects and Marvin Harrison jr. And then if people want to dabble with the Brock Bowers, like the talent in this class right now, not like, you know, the meat of the draft, like later rounds, maybe at the back end of the first, the top end blue chip talent in this draft is on the offensive side, at least right now. And we saw it with Monty Austin for last year. It's a really good tackle class. He got the best tackle. He made assets out of it. He got, you know, future first and, and you know, mid-rounders when the Titans wanted to trade up for Will Levis. But for me, it's like lean into the strength of this draft, receiver, offensive line, help Kyler Murray bow. Yeah. It, it makes too much damn sense and it, it's exciting to think about what Monty Austin Fort can do in, in building around him potentially and also the crop of players in the 2024 draft excited to to get our guy Baldy back in here of course one of the co-hosts of the great all city NFL show the all NFL show the mozzarella boss joins us yeah. uh, from his own studio Baldy what's going on man uh let's see I was just uh, breaking down some of these games that we're going to see on Thanksgiving so I was just looking at Dallas's offense and San Francisco's offense. So looking at some of the premier teams here and just how they're getting it done right now. Yeah. I, I, we'd love to join those premier teams. And, you know, we were talking about Brian Johnson with the Detroit Lions, and it's been a culmination of a couple of years, kind of cutting his teeth with Jared Goff, like Drew Petzine since his first year as a coordinator is with the Cardinals. I don't think he helped himself on Sunday, Baldy against Houston. You know, you get that fantastic second half where the Cardinals shut out Will and or excuse me, um, uh, Houston's offense, CJ Stroud and company. Yeah, and then this offense can't muster up twenty points, and it goes back to, in my opinion, why why are you shifting your offense away from a balanced attack under center, and now you're going ninety percent, one hundred percent in the shotgun? Like, have you seen a change in how they operate offensively since Kyler Murray returned? And do you think it's a problem that they're not using him under center more? Well, that's what he's lived in. You know, I think, I don't know if it's, you know, Kyler saying, you know, that's what he played at Oklahoma. He was in shotgun. Uh, that's what he did under Cliff Kingsbury. He's been a shotgun quarterback. He hasn't been under center much. They don't do much play action from that, from that regard. They're a spread offense. He's in, you know, I think he sees the field better with his, uh, you know, with his size and everything. And so I think that's what they favor right now, just trying to cater to his strengths and what he likes. But look, I mean, look, they, they got the, th the three red zone interceptions. Um, you know, they had three straight chances in the fourth quarter to go win that game. 21-16, seemed like it was 21-16 forever. And, you know, they couldn't put one drive together. So that, that was disappointing because 
Um, they they shut down CJ, um, and they're one of the few teams that have done it recently. Uh, at least you know, I mean, look, Tank Dell had a great game, but other than that, they they didn't really torch them in a lot of other areas. And what where did you see them struggle the most offensively? I mean, they finished the game with three consecutive three and or uh, turnover on downs. What what was it in your opinion that was the main cause of that? Uh, they just couldn't find like a rhythm. Like you know, the week before they yeah. they hit McBride over and over again. I mean, they just couldn't find anything that worked. And you know, I think Houston has. Uh, you know, it's interesting. They they play without Denzel Perriman, but you know, you you look at Blake Cashman. He goes in there. He looked like he was a starting middle linebacker. He's making plays all over the place. The pass rush is pretty good. Will Anderson made a couple of plays. You know, I mean, but I just didn't feel like they they could find that go to guy for any big chunk plays that they had gotten the week before. Um, and I thought they would come back to that a little bit against Houston's defense. They just couldn't get that done. Yeah, you mentioned like the go-to guy for this offense. It's supposed to be Hollywood Brown. Like, I think Trey McBride probably needed more targets in that game than he got. But Baldy, we've talked well, about it. Greg Dorch, Dorch yeah. was the go-to guy. Like, look, was. I've seen Greg Dorch do this before when Hollywood got hurt last year, and you know he had some games. But let's be honest, nobody's building their offense around Greg Dorch. You know, so I mean, while he had a nice game, that can't be the guy. How dare you? The home of uh, PHNX is the home of the Greg Dorch all-purpose podcast, Baldy. He's well, an all-city member just like no, you. No, look, Wake, Greg, Greg Dorch, the Wake Forest kid, man. My yeah, brother's yeah. with the Wake Forest. Like, I'm a demon deacon all the way. Yeah. Uh, I'm all for him. But, um, you know, nobody is going to pay uh, elite money so that Greg Dorch can go torch, you know, somebody's defense. Like he, for sure. He's, he's that third or fourth guy that you need, that you want, but – ultimately he's not going to go win games in the fourth quarter for you. Well, and that's kind of my point is Hollywood Brown's a free agent at the end of the year. Like, what do you do? What do you do with a guy? He's Baldy hasn't gone over 50 yards in a game since week five. He doesn't have a hundred yard receiving game this year. He's on pace for about 700 yards. And I know that they've had limitations at quarterback with Dobbs, et cetera, before Kyler came back. But like they, they are trying to get Hollywood Brown involved and it's just not working. Like, what have you seen, like the the interception by Kyler Murray? That to me, with my you know non trained eye, my amateur take is like these throws. They're just they're low completion percentage throws. It just doesn't yeah. feel like he's got opportunities to pull the ball in. I'm just gonna tell you, it's it is hard to be a number one wide receiver at that size. It's just it's just hard. You know, Steve Smith Senior did it, uh, but he's he was a different kind of guy. I mean, he was very strong. He played strong. Um, he had he was full of testosterone. I mean, he'd want to fight anybody. He was just different, just a different type of, you know, different type of guy. You know, they tried it in Baltimore, it didn't work, you know, and that was Lamar's guy. They they have been trying it in Arizona. It really hasn't taken off. You you it's just it's just hard. Like Tank Dell just he just separates in a different way. He just mm-hmm. has suddenness to him. Zay Flowers, like Hollywood's got straight line speed and he can get deep and he can run fast, but he's not this guy that can run all these different routes. Like you haven't seen that from him. And if you're going to be five, nine and you're going to catch balls from a five, nine quarterback or five, 10 quarterback, whatever doesn't, I'm not throwing around size, but like, it's just, it's just hard for that connection to work like that. Like that's just my experience. You know, I'm not, Tyler Lockett is uh, is an incredible player. He's a little bit taller 
than Hollywood. He runs better routes. You've got to be an exceptional route runner um, to play at that size and to be an elite player. One of the pivotal plays was the fourth down throw that Kyler missed Trey McBride on. And in the post game, Kyler admitted he had bad feet. What Drew Petzing, the offensive coordinator, calls dirty feet, Baldy. What did you see? What have you seen from Kyler in his first two games back, just mechanically, footwork-wise? Do you think he's in a decent spot? I think mechanics are something with quarterbacks that have to be harped on all the time. Because, you know, some of these like like – you know, like Lamar, Carson Wentz, uh, you know, Kyler, like some of these guys are just freak athletes and they just think they can, you know, the, you know, obviously, you know, Kyler's a great baseball player. Some of these guys just feel like they can just throw the ball to first base from any position. And really the, 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 the feet, the shoulders, it's got to be lined up. Now, some guys, they have repped it so many times, Joe Burrow, whatever, you know, Brock Purdy, the ball just goes. The feet are always moved. Even watching C.J. Stroud, like you watch him throw a football, his feet move as his eyes move, mm-hmm. as he goes through his progressions. And I think sometimes Kyler just feels like he can just throw it from any position. And some of these guys, Mahomes feels like that. It it doesn't mechanically always add up, and it, and it leads to incompletions and errant throws. Let's go to the defensive side of the football. I said yesterday, Baldy, like I've seen enough from John and the Gannon and Nick Rollins to feel really good about where this team is trending. I mean, you think about most of the money right now on this roster, it's allocated to the offensive side. Humphreys, James Conner, Kyler Murray, Hollywood Brown, Zach Ertz, who's not playing. The defense is just a hodgepodge, mid-rounders, undrafted guys. And I, I think they've overachieved this year. And I think if you're a Cardinal fan, you know, I know offensive head coaches are all the rage right now. I would feel really good about the state of this defense heading into 2024 and beyond because you got people that know what they're doing and most importantly can can elevate young talent. We've seen B.J. Ojolari, four sacks now, Dante Stills. I mean, mm-hmm. what's made them so successful where like this team can have that kind of success and Brandon Staley, a defensive head coach, has all these big money contracts and elite players and they can't stop anybody. Well, they're not coordinated with the Chargers. I feel like yeah. they're core, even though they've played so many different guys. With Arizona, I think we've been talking every single week, I think, since the start of the season. We know this, that they play with great effort. They were without, you know, a bunch of different guys, you know, um, you know, for a period of time. But, you know, I, I think when you look at the two safeties, Jalen Thompson and, you know, what they had back there, they got two really good players. Um, but they look coordinated to me. And they the, the reason why they play aggressive is because it they know what they're doing. They don't break down. You break down the back end, you give up huge plays. Um, that's what the Chargers do, and they're always finger pointing. I don't see that from the from uh, from the Cardinals. And look, that's the first three interception game that C.J. Stroud has had. He's had immense games against great defenses, and that's the first time that he struggled like that all year. It's the first time. That's a credit to the Cardinals. Um, they play very fast and they play very aggressive, and that's a credit to Jonathan. And I, I say it every week, but that's the way you want to play the game. I think the broadcast said he didn't even do that at Ohio State. Like CJ Stroud hasn't thrown three picks, you know, playing big time D1 college football and in the pro level. Very impressive that Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollis were able to achieve that against them. Now, bad news, Baldy. They lose because you're white, kind of the, they're one of their best players, leading tackler, TFL leader for this for this team. How do they move forward without white? 
Well, it's always the next guy up. You know, the, the thing that Kazir had is he came with Nick, you know, and he came with Jonathan. So he knew the system. He knew the calls. Um, you, you, I mean, even when the defense wasn't on the field, um, he was uh, when the when the defense was on the sideline, um, like he was the biggest cheerleader there. Like he's been to me, um, the guy that's been the t- one of the team leaders of this entire group about how to go play the game. And so I think that's the bigger thing. I think you know he's made a ton of plays, obviously as you mentioned, but I think the leadership that he is exempl- that that he has exemplified throughout the year is going to be missed more than any other thing. The next guy up will, will fill in, but I don't know that they're going to get that type of leadership that I think he has provided. I mean, he's looks like he has rallied the troops every week out there on the field, and there's a certain standard that he plays with and a certain energy level that he plays with that looks like you have to – that is the standard there now. And so you lose that. I think you lose a lot. Looking ahead to this weekend's matchup, it's an impossible question. We ask it twice a year – like the Cardinals already struggling offensively. Like what do they do to stop Aaron Donald? They've got deficiencies at left guard center. You know, mm-hmm. he, he wrecked the game against, you know, Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. The last thing I want to see as a Cardinal fan is this team, you know, in under, you know, the shotgun for 90% of the time, letting him tee off big number 99 on my quarterback coming back from a torn ACL. Like how would you attack Aaron Donald at this point in his career for a seat for a Rams team? That's, under 500, you know, I, I think it can be done, but the Cardinals seemingly can never do it. Mm. Well, I remember um, when the Rams were getting ready to play the Eagles, and um, I'm, I'm good friends with some of the offensive linemen with Philadelphia. So they had the, the, the Rams had just played Indianapolis, and Aaron Donald single-handedly wrecked the Indianapolis offense that day. And they're watching the game. The whole group, the offense line is all in there. They're all watching together. And they shoot me a text, right? Like in the meeting, I get a text from one of the players. And they're like, did you watch Aaron Donald? Like last week, I go, yeah, I watched him. He ruined the offense. And so literally, Jason Kelsey, Jeff Stoutland, the offense line coach, Lane Johnson, they've all been there a long time. They're like, okay, we got to come up with a plan. Like literally, Kelsey went everywhere that Aaron Donald went. And they created a whole game plan and a whole new protection to basically put Kelsey on Aaron Donald like every single play as an extra guy. And it really it worked out really well. He, he did not wreck the offense. And you have to – and I remember talking um, one year to Sean Payton, his offensive line coach. They were getting ready to play the Rams. And it was the same thing. They were burning midnight oil like now, Tuesday night, you know, 8 o'clock at night. They're like trying to figure out how to maneuver him, play action away, all these things, slide to him to just to to, to neutralize him. And they did a great job. And so it, it is the ultimate in game planning because you can't just let O'Connor or Hernandez like single up against Aaron Dallas. You can destroy right. both of them uh, or whoever's in there, uh, Froholt, like whoever. Like you've got to make sure that he's game planned every play. They've got an incredible interview that they just did with uh, Joe Buck, also recently with yeah. Andy Reid. you got to check out the All-City NFL show. Of course, Baldy is a part of that. He joins us each and every week. Before yeah. we let you get out of here, we need the ultimate Baldy breakdown of what's on the Thanksgiving dinner table this year. Well, I, so, you know, I work for the NFL Network, and so it's a big day. It's Thanksgiving. There's three games. There's a game on Friday, uh, Black Friday game, Jets in Miami. So they said, look, we need you, uh, but we'll, we'll let you decide 
you need to either work with us Thanksgiving or Christmas, both big football days this year. So I said, I'll work Thanksgiving. So um, I'm doing the post game for all three games on Thanksgiving. So like, I'm not getting to Thanksgiving dinner um, until late, late. Now it's going to be hard because everybody else can be drinking and eating and having a good time. And I got to sit there like in a straight jacket through, um, you know, until these games end until I finish before I can indulge at all. So um, it's my favorite meal, favorite day of the year, to be honest with you. But this one's going to be a work day for me. So what do you got to have, though, when, when you are oh, getting I mean, to participate? I mean, my favorite meal is turkey. Yeah. So, I mean, turkey, stuffing. Uh, I love cranberry sauce. Like, everything that goes with it. Um, sometimes and I or homemade. Cook. We got to well, know. No, no, it's homemade. It's all, okay. it, it, it's all made in the oven. But, like, sometimes <laughs> I start my Thanksgiving meal with two pieces of pumpkin pie. Because the only time I really eat pumpkin pie all year. But it's a favorite. So I know I'm going to pack on seven to 10 pounds over the weekend. Yeah. I don't care. It's Thanksgiving. <laughs> so I'm not worried about that. But if I can get two pieces of pumpkin pie in uh, early, like at noon, like when it's fresh out of the oven, I'm going for it. The mozzarella boss can pack on seven to 10 pounds and not, <laughs> oh, yeah. not worry about it. Absolutely. No, no, Ryan Baldinger. A, yeah, that's, that's, that's nothing. <laughs> The best. Thank you so much, Baldy. Right, uh, enjoy your holiday the best you Likewise. can. We appreciate it. The NFL All-City Analyst. Thank you so much. All right, guys. I'll talk to you next week. You bet. See you, brother. Uh, oh. Yeah, I listen, I'm not man enough to be able to eat two pieces of pumpkin pie before I eat my Thanksgiving meal because I, I feel like I would get sugar sweats, but that's leading off. Do it. Yeah, that's leading off. Just I guess he's just making sure he gets that he gets to enjoy that instead of like, because often you get to desert us, but especially post Thanksgiving, you're, you're just already packed on so much. Like, do you really enjoy it? Yeah. I Turkey's his favorite food. That's just going with a classic there. We'd love to see that. Baldy's a classic. We love him so much. Uh, really good insight. Very, I thought very brunt insight, blunt mm-hmm. insight as it relates to the Cardinals and, and their situation, Bo. But I mean, what can you expect from Baldy? Right. I mean, breaking down the Hollywood Brown uh, situation, especially the the wide receiver one and, and how it's got an uphill climb being undersized, like the, yeah. the physicality that Steve Smith senior played with. It, you don't see that from, from number two, from the, from the Cardinals. Um, and in, in, as far as being able to, to make plays, you know, when he talks about Tyler Lockett, like Tyler Lockett, isn't a big yak guy. No. Like, Hollywood Brown's game is based on on Yak, and we just haven't seen him as a Cardinal be able to to really show that off. And you know, you can like we said earlier, as far as blaming missed opportunities, you got to create some of your own. And we'll see if, if he's he's able to do that down the stretch, make himself some money this this offseason, whether it's with the cards or, or elsewhere. Make yourself some money with the Arizona Lottery. Holiday scratchers from Arizona Lottery make last minute shopping easy and they make a perfect gift this holiday season. There is a Scratchers for everyone on your Christmas list. Perfect stocking stuffers, just $1, as low as $1, but top prizes up to $500,000. Go out, buy your holiday Scratchers today via the Arizona Lottery. Fantastic. I can't wait to load up for my wife and I, perfect holiday stocking stuffer. We we don't get crazy with the gifts, but uh, a scratch-off is always welcomed in the venerable household, Bo. Absolutely. Uh, you can make one gift into lots of gifts if you, yeah. if you 
on those scratchers, right? You can win up to $500,000 and you can spend as little as a buck on your scratchers as well. And also you can maybe reallocate those into maybe some nice eyewear from Shady Rays. Shady Rays, the price point well under $100, save some more money on Shady Rays. Going to ShadyRays.com or their store up in Carolyn Commons in North Scottsdale. Gear built to last. It's premium polarized shades. It's a world-class product. Just... Uh, less expensive, right? You yeah. don't have to go spend buku bucks on getting yourself some shady rays, and they've got an insane protection on all their eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements, so if you break your pair, you lose them, they're going to replace them, no questions asked, shortly after your purchase or long after your purchase. Check out their full product line, shadyrays.com, and especially you want to keep it locked at shadyrays.com for their biggest sale of the year this black friday don't miss out on the best deals on shades snow gla- uh, shades snow goggles and prescription sunglasses five find out why 250,000 people have rated it five stars shady rays shadyrays.com also speaking of black friday huge deal going on of course the phnx locker in the next couple of days up to 90% off johnny spend $75 you get a $15 gift card Smoking deals going on. Time to load up on PHNX gear. I love it. Uh, PHNX Cardinals, PHNX Diamondbacks, PHNX Sun Devils, Suns, uh, Wildcats, whatever you want, Coyotes, just some classic tees. We got it for you at a steep discount. If you've been thinking, putting it off, you know, no judgment. You want to redo your closet this holiday season with PHNX merch. Why not? This is my favorite classic hat. Can't wait to pick up another uh the you need the, to yeah it, this is dirty this is really dirty <laughs> i like it dirty i like it a little bit dirty kyler kyler murray's footwork's dirty just like my hat uh <laughs> i'm excited for the savings you should be too it's like the gift card the free shipping basically pays for itself um we we appreciate the support uh and i'm looking forward to the sales i'm looking forward to the super chat az fan 1998 front of the program five dollars should we go for shaq leonard could be a good piece to pick up for the next couple of years for our cardinals we talked about it, AZ fan, at the top of the show. And I texted a source during our show right now. Just looks like it's going to be too expensive, too expensive to claim him. Yeah. Uh, I don't have that 100% confirmed, but it does feel like six games left. They are more than likely going to ride it out with, with what they have. Michael Carter was a special circumstance where they've always needed a number two back. They hadn't filled it. He's making no money. He's under contract. He's cost-controlled. You know, Shaq Leonard, it's been a hot minute since he's been an impact player. Yeah, I feel like when the Cardinals faced the uh, Colts on Christmas night, that was almost the beginning of the end where we stopped seeing kind of the elite linebacker play war daddy status from Shaq, formerly Darius Leonard of the Colts. And that's unfortunate. Like, could he could he come in and fill a role immediately and, and give you a little boost of the current linebacking core right now? Yes, but as I posed earlier in the show, do you want $6.1 million that you would have to spend on him now or roll that over into the 2024 offseason and be able to spend that on a player that's not a shell of himself any longer? Like, spend it on a, a young up-and-coming off-ball linebacker uh, or or elsewhere, a, a CB1, a CB2, you supplement your defense or add to your defense and continue this rebuild instead of a Shaq Leonard who's, who's Top playing days are in the rearview mirror, which is unfortunate. But there's a relationship there. I understand it. Like, well, why not look at it and explore it? But and I'm sure Monty's gonna to do it to an extent. But ultimately, I don't think that they pull the trigger on unclaiming him because of the financial uh, financials on Shaq. 
We're going to be live at a special time tomorrow, I believe 2.30 showtime, Thanksgiving Eve with your boys. Bo's going to be out at the practice facility all morning. We're going to have the latest as it relates to the injury report. Hopefully some guys are good to go. Cross your fingers on Michael Wilson. What will we get from the Cardinals in week three with Kyler Murray and company? All that and more on PHNX Cardinals on a Wednesday, Bo. Absolutely. In the meantime, have a great rest of your Tuesday night. We will talk to everybody on Wednesday afternoon, the Thanksgiving Eve. Can't wait. Hey, hit that like button. I'm seeing, uh, you know, pretty light in the likes. Let's drop a like. Let's get this video up there. Uh, usual status. We appreciate everybody out there. Thankful for everybody. Uh, just asking for a few likes. We love it. A very easy thing to do. Like Drop a like on the video. Rose. Get some people to see Baldy's breakdown of it. See Johnny's thoughts on, on several, an array of Cardinals topics. Helps share it around. So we appreciate everything you all do. Uh, have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you tomorrow.